0: Who's that? It's the Riverfield. Customs and exercise. What a fat man in a boat. <laughs>
1: Welcome to episode 7 of the Minder podcast in association with Minder.org. I am your host, Paul Stenning. In this show we have part 1 of an interview with the alluring Sarah Berger, a very intriguing actress and person. She is featured in a large variety of roles including appearances in Doctors, Casualty, Lovejoy, Holby City and Inspector Calls, The Green Man and the very first episode of New Tricks. As we discuss, she has often appeared with many actors who turned up in Minder at some point, from Nigel Davenport to Nicky Henson. Yet, as the title of this episode recalls, her own appearance in Minder was as the difficult-to-read Penny during perhaps one of the greatest episodes, certainly a personal favourite of mine. It's a very unusual episode in many respects, and features some of the best lines in Minder history. During our interview it became more unusual, as Sarah experienced certain issues during filming which made things quite uncomfortable for her, given she was a very young actress at the time. She revealed a lot of the problems, but also some very happy memories, not least involving Ray Winston, who of course played Arnie in the episode as well as three others. Other great memories include time spent amongst the gentlemen of Minder, particularly George Cole and the fantastic Murray Watson, who plays Commander Hawksley in Goodbye Sailor. He was an accomplished actor who appeared in The Two Runnies, Rumpole of the Bailey, The Darling Buds of May and many more. His breakthrough role came when he appeared alongside Cary Grant in 1960's The Grass is Greener. But for Goodbye Sailor, Moray Watson played a smuggler. We have a great chat coming up full of all kinds of revelations and inside knowledge of the show on this episode 7 of the Minder podcast in association with Minder.org. Goodbye Sailor, hello Sarah Berger. I was just wondering actually um, if you'd seen the episode at all yourself recently that we're going to talk about. No? Okay. So it's. I haven't.
2: I don't know that I even watched it when it was on, to be honest. I was thinking about how long ago it was. Yes. I mean, I have vivid memories of it, both good and bad. So, yeah.
1: Oh, good. Well, that's (laughs) (laughs) not the bad, obviously, but good in the sense you remember things. um, Yes, I do. Yes. It's not like I have to describe the episode or anything, because obviously...
2: No, no. Well, it was very unusual because it was one of the few on-location things outside of London. You know, and the whole thing of being on that boat. Yes. um, With Murray and Ray and, um, you know, all the gang, as it were.
1: Mm Did (laughs) <laughs> I'm just thinking of the oil skins part I don't know if you remember that if you've not watched it the recently what? you kept saying would you put your oil skins on
2: I don't remember that I don't sorry remember that. Okay, uh... that's, that's in the actual
1: episode
0: take over the helm will you penny I'm going to look at the charts the wind's getting up a bit wouldn't you be better off with your oil, oil skins on
3: no 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 I'm fine really commander
1: is it that you don't really like looking back on things is that the reason
2: I don't watch things I'm in as a rule Mm. um uh I just find it I I I find it rather inhibiting to be honest because you get you become self-conscious um you know uh you can't you can't detach yourself and just watch the story um but also I mean it was so long ago I mean um I just haven't. And I didn't watch any of the later. Um, for instance, I was in Doctor Who, I mean, really ages ago. And I haven't watched. Uh, I watched that when it first came out. And I had to I watched it again recently because I had to do a commentary on it um, and um, found it hilarious, of course, after all those years. Um <laughs> And it was great fun because, you know, you got, to, I was there with Colin Baker and all the rest of it, who was my doctor. But I haven't watched any of the Doctor Whos since um, the new ones. Well, I say new, I, I didn't watch David Tennant. I don't really watch much British TV. <laughs> mm. I watch um, uh, European television and, and American stuff, really, on Netflix.
1: So it's a way of disassociating from your actual work and your professional side you don't really want to cross the two together and say, I look like this, or I should have done this.
2: Yes. I mean, I think when you're starting out, um, you learn from watching yourself on camera because you you begin to understand what it means when they say don't do anything. They don't mean don't do anything, but they mean stop doing so much and, and all of that. You learn how to sort of think on camera and all of that stuff. But I think that... Um, it can become counterproductive because, as I say, you—you know—I've always shied away from from what I call pretty acting. You know, if you're worried about how you you look and so on, it's going to interfere with your ability to tell the truth, really, mm-hmm. of the story. I think. Well, I um, watched
1: the other day. I watched you in an Inspector Calls. Oh yes. Which was two years before this episode of Minder. And I'll be honest, I must have put it on my list to watch because you were in it and I've not seen it. And I liked the story. But then when I actually watched it from not really knowing why I'm watching this except the story, I didn't realise it was you until the end. (laughs) So I don't know whether that's because you obviously were dressed very differently.
2: And wearing a massive Busby wig on my head. Yes. (laughs) Might have had something to do with it. (laughs) But it, it
1: really, to me, I think it's because you just carried a part so well, so differently Thank from you. other things, I'd say. So Thank uh, you. Maybe that's no, because... I mean, it... Is that because, yeah. obviously, you, you don't... Is it easier to therefore play very different things because you don't engage after you've finished, as it were?
2: I think what it is, is that... um i 've always thought that i 'm a character actress um lurking in a leading lady 's body, as it were. you know, I look like a leading lady, and certainly, of course, when I was young, um, you were cast hugely on the basis of how you looked and so on which which I always hated and um and I think most um actresses do you know because you want to be there because you you 've got ability and talent and 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 it, uh, if you're being employed, you know, you would get castings and it would say the dreaded words, bubbly, bubbly and attractive. And I just think, oh, God, can't I play a drug-rattled prostitute from Glasgow, please? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> but, but, you know, and I was quite lucky because I kicked off my career playing abigail in the crucible that was the first i was still at drama school when i did that mm. um you know and she's it's a wonderful part and she's a villain she looks like an angel but she villain, of course um so i i and i i got to do quite a lot of comedy which is also unusual for you know reasonably standardly attractive women because they think you can't be funny you know um uh, and that you've got to be what I call one of the nuns and the nuns are the actresses who are um, very, very good actresses, but not uh, beauties, you know, so they can, they're considered serious actresses because that boring business doesn't get in the way. You know,
0: yes.
2: <laughs> So, um, so I think that, and I think that the standards of that have so much, there's so much pressure on you and it's too much to, so sort of worry about on top of everything else. So I suppose I I stopped I stopped looking at myself and now I would do anything to avoid it because I don't I hate having my photograph taken and all the rest of it. I mean I'm perfectly comfortable on camera as long as I don't have to watch it. Because then as I say, I'd think, oh no, I mean, look at those bags under my eyes and and uh, when I think I'm doing something sort of very subtle and alluring, I look like a, you know, a cartoon <laughs> pantomime dame <laughs> or something. I don't know. You know, so.
0: Penny, brought some friends along for a drink. Come on, chaps. Oh, this is uh, Terry. Hello.
3: Hello. And uh,
0: Arnold. Arnold. Welcome aboard. Uh, take him down, will you, Penny? On, I'll you.
2: But I think the thing that's the thing that's interesting in any actor's career is the ability to shape shift a bit so that you um I once did um I did a a play called Star Quality and I played um, a character who was described as looking like a lavatory attendant. And, um, and I had great fun with it because I sort of, I made myself look very, very severe and so on. And anyway, um, I was uh, on tour and um, another actresses in it, Nicola McAuliffe said, Oh, our mutual friend is coming. Let's all meet in my address in out to dinner <laughs> And anyway, this guy arrived and I walked in. He said to me, what are you doing here? And I said, what do you mean? What am I doing? And he said, did you come and see the player? I said, No, I was in it. And he, he actually hadn't realized it was me. And I was so chuffed by that because I just thought, yes, you should be able to walk out of the stage door and people have got no idea that you're you're the person they've just been watching because they've been watching somebody else.
1: Yeah, so it's the same thing as I experienced Then just a very different yeah. part. Uh, yeah, interesting.
2: Yeah, yes. And as I say, I was wearing that Busby on my head, which was so heavy and really? slightly big. So as the filming went on, it just descended, 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 and somebody used to keep coming in and shoving it up again. But what a cast that was. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, you know, Maggie Tysack, who was wonderful, like, absolutely adored her, And Nigel Davenport and Simon, and, you know, I mean, incredible.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Nigel uh, Davenport and David Sibley, I think, were both in yeah. mind. Uh, ah, right. As well, so uh, that's one thing I wanted to ask you actually about the agents, because many times, say with yourself, You'd been, you were in an episode of New Tricks in 2003. Yes.
2: So. Yes. With the pilot of New Tricks. Was it? Okay. It was the first ever episode.
1: Right. So, is there a connection with these? So, obviously, I've noticed this happens quite often with uh, actors and actresses who are in mind that many years later, they appear in something with Dennis Waterman or, and it's,
2: you, you know think- dennis waterman De- dennis waterman d- had no idea he said to me at the read through have we worked together before and i said no really? <laughs> because we'd had time together on Minder. so ah. um, so uh, no no that was just coincidence
1: oh that's incredible that's yeah. uh, right so yeah. so much for the idea that there's a kind of secret cabal of agents and actors who appear again and again.
2: I, I would have been with a different agent by that point. And as I say, um, I mean, Dennis was in so many of those. So he's not going to remember everybody. But I, I think The Minder I Did was one of his last ever episodes. Mm. And I think um, I think that was very difficult for him because he didn't know what the future was going to hold at that point. Sorry um, I... So, you know, there was a slight...
1: Yeah, it was in September of 1984, that episode.
2: Was it really, bloody Mm. hell, so long ago?
1: I was going to say to you, the the irony is, we're talking about you as different visual characters, that you actually look pretty similar to 1984. Well, thank you for that. (laughs) You're my
2: new best friend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I really mean it as well. (laughs) You just never know what's, especially like you say, you don't like your photo being taken. So Yeah. I don't know what to expect sometimes with people if, if there's not too many recent photos. But yes you, you don't look if IMDb is correct then you do not look your age. Let's put it that way.
2: Yes no and IMDb is not entirely correct they've got it slightly wrong they are on the, I'm actually a tiny bit older than it says on IMDb I and I, I choose that. I choose not to correct it. Yeah uh, because uh, it's so. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, televisually, it's. I mean, there's no work. There's no work for women of my age, especially women of my age who don't really look their age, because um, you know, there's still this tremendous preconception of what we're going to look like, and and you know, people think that that uh, we should be playing often older than we are, but sort of little old grannies with sort of um, you know, silver lock perm and, you know, and all of that. And that's not what women of my age look like now. It's not how we live now either, you know.
0: Arthur, Teddy Hawksley here. What? What are you doing? Uh, Penn's telling me about signaling with flags and that, till <laughs> Since when did you need flags,
3: eh? No, <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, this is really clever, this is. For instance, this brooch I'm wearing. Yeah. That's a well-known signal. Yeah? Well, t- tell us about it, Pin. It means permission to lay alongside.
0: Oh! Yeah, it's called the double eagle. It's moored just below my office, Arthur. But there's no need for you to come down. Oh, I think there is. In fact, I insist. Yes, I I, I, I insist, my dear. Yes, I, I'll drop everything immediately to come, my dear. Yes, bye-bye, beloved. Trouble at all, Arthur? Uh, nothing that requires the Metropolitan Police. Thank you. Straighten Arthur out, did you? Well, I don't know. He said he was going to come down, and then he went rather peculiar. Yeah, well, the old boy gets a bit confused now and again.
3: Oh.
0: oughtn't you to slip your oilskins on. It's going to get a bit chilly later on.
3: No, I'm fine, Commander Hawksley, honestly.
0: You sure? So what's happening, Colonel? Well, I'm going to go back to the office for an hour or so. The wind's back, thank goodness, and the shipping forecast is reasonable. So we should be on for this evening. What's the shipping forecast got to do with it? What? Oh, absolutely nothing. Sorry, must be rather boring for you landlubbers, but the weather rather rules our lives. Isn't that so, Penny? Oh, absolutely. Mm. I'll leave you in Penny's capable hands. If you're feeling peckish, there's lots of food on board. Yeah, there's no hour you. And that's a way pen.
1: So you're saying on paper, they, they would see your age and say, OK, so we expect now this person of this yeah. age will look this way. It's yes, and it.
2: and and we'll play those kind of parts i mean i'll give you an example somebody um i work i do an awful lot of new writing and things cuz i produce and direct a lot now but but um somebody said to me oh we'd like you to play this part in um in a it's a modern play it's on at the 503 and i read this part and i thought i mean i think the person was supposed to be 70 which is older than me obviously but this person was talking like I mean my mother is 92 and this person was sort of saying oh you know what's this interweb I just thought no I'm not doing this because that's bollocks you know
1: <laughs> is that how um, you responded
2: <laughs> pretty much a bit yeah. plainer than that I just said you know <laughs> you've got to you know you in in terms of all the inclusivity that's going on and so on it's about time people started writing parts, particularly for older women, middle aged and older women, um, which reflect something of the way that we are now and our role in society and so on. You know, we are not. If you look at adverts and things and you think of it, the minute, the minute you and people are always saying to me, oh, it's got better for the women. It absolutely hasn't. It absolutely hasn't. Because. Um, any older parts are usually paid by a woman because an acceptable older woman is 40. That's considered an older woman. So they, they cast it down in terms of age. Um, and, the, you know, the and Saran Jones and um, two other people play all those parts, all of them, Anna Maxwell, Martin, they're the kind of forties. And then there's lovely what's her name who's won the Oscar, Olivia Colman, who just mm. plays all the other parts, all of them. Um, you would think that that all of the all myself and all of my contemporaries had never had never existed, really. Mm. Well, we're in also we're in we're at the in between age, we're not quite old enough, really, um, and we're not young enough. So what do you do with us? In the middle there.
1: So how how are you going to play things? How have you been? I know you said about producing and directing. You mentioned to me you're doing a play next week. So
2: yes, I'm producing a play. I I set up my own company ten years ago, um, which has 1,200 members in nine countries, and I I did six produce six international festivals, which were um, theatre dance. Readings, poetry, film, um, two rep seasons of new writing, taken place to America. And I've acted throughout that time as well. Um, But I've done an awful lot of producing. I went to Kyrgyzstan on the border of China and um, Tajikistan Mm -hmm. and, and directed the first ever kyrgyz language macbeth at the state theater in bishkek so you know i've kept myself busy because basically um 10 years ago my son had uh, graduated from film school he's a documentary filmmaker works for pulse films now he's vice president of um development or something can't remember the term um or vice president of, of non-fiction um but he had, he had just graduated and I thought I don't have to sort of, um, do the tours anymore to put the baked beans on the table. I'd like to do something that I believe in. And that's more interesting where I have more agency. And I'd like to, um, try and, um, kind of lift my fellow actors up and give them some, because increasingly, um, we we're in an industry where people are paid less and less and less and less. And I ended up doing some fringe shows with people, you know, at proper, like the Fimbro or, you know, proper places. And people just weren't, aren't being paid. They're being paid 25 pounds a week
1: mm-hmm.
2: to appear in. A, yeah, really. So I thought, no, this won't do. So you you can either bellyache about it or you can try and do something about it. So I founded a company and did do something about it. Fortunately, Uh, Covid put pay to it um, because we were just opening a venue that I'd built, a studio, theatre, a cafe, rehearsal rooms and office space in. We opened on March the 10th, 2020. We closed on March the 25th, 2020 and never. Yeah, I lost everything. Mm -hmm. I lost everything. (laughs) But um, so for 10 years, I have generated a lot of work and things. So I'm now thinking about. Um, what 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 I do now really? Because I'm not quite ready to hang up my feather boa just yet.
1: <laughs> well, the way you're talking, it's as if you are just going to find the right thing at the right time. Because obviously you've had some problems, and but you're still smiling and still working and being successful. So
2: yes,
3: it's not as if
1: you're sitting there waiting for the phone to ring. And
2: oh God, no gave up on that a long time ago because it's too frustrating and and um, it's a terrible waste of time too because the tragedy is I think you know I'm at a point in my life now I've been an actor for 41 years and uh, I'm better than I was when I was 20 because I know more and I've lived more you know and I've got more Mm. to offer and so uh, rather than feeling frustrated because people aren't interested in that I thought well I'll just turn it around and do it myself then and build Mm. something myself so I did so I did and now I said to a friend the other day I am like a phoenix crawling from the ashes
1: (laughs) 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 I would say that 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 would make an interesting motto but I I made a, a note of something I read of yours and it said your motto is Right. Throw your bonnet over the wind. That's right. I, I really like that, but I'm not sure exactly what that means. What does
2: it means? Throw caution to the winds. Hmm. It means if something frightens you, do it because uh, that's where the interesting things happens. And 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 don't don't do something. Don't be safe and don't do something that where you know you think you know. Just. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: that's
2: that. That is my that that is my modus operandi, and it's it's kind of. I mean, it's meant. I've had a very interesting time. Sometimes a bit bumpy, but um, much rather that.
0: So, how did you meet Commander Rokesley? Then
3: I answered an ad. Female crew wanted. Occasional cross-channel trips. Oil skins provided. So far, he's been as good as gold.
0: So you mean you're not exactly sort like of game with him, like?
3: No. I've only known him for about a week. He seems very nice. It seems lovely. Listen, uh, how about going out and having a nice drink? Must be a decent booze around here somewhere, Pin. Yes, one or two. But um, I thought I'd stay on board and have a quiet evening.
0: Yeah, I don't feel like going out myself much, really. No, 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 no. I'm a bit kettlebell so It was a long drive down here.
3: On the other hand, perhaps it might be nice to go ashore. There's a lovely little pub overlooking the old harbour.
0: Well, that sounds good to me, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll tell, I mean, you you didn't want to go a minute ago. Well, I changed your mind, didn't I? You stay in and have a nice rest. No, but it was me who wanted to go out in the first place, wasn't it? Yeah, but you changed your mind
3: too, haven't you? Anyway, the washing up's got to be done first, so perhaps one of you might give me a hand. Yeah, Yeah. all right. Oh, that's very kind of you both. I'll leave you to it while I check the moorings.
0: Come on, (laughs) in.
1: Well, you said at the beginning that there, there was good there were good and bad memories of this particular episode we're talking about um so I guess that was a bumpy time in itself I mean how how did how did you get the part for that initially
2: I just auditioned and um, you I can'm trying to remember where you used to go it was somewhere up Wormwood scrubs I think um and you just went in and read for somebody and then whoever you know the committees who decide these things sort of pick you Mm. um and I think it was quite an unusual part because I was I was a posh girl in it which was quite rare and all the crew called me the duchess all the time (laughs) because because I was posh (laughs) the crew were great I have to say they were really um good and I mean, I think the whole thing was a bit discombobulating because we were... I'm trying to think where we were. Were we in Hampshire or somewhere or something? And we were on this boat, bobbing around, filming all day long. Yes, we spent uh, most of
1: the time. Buckle was hard, is it? In the uh, in in Ah,
2: well, you see, you know better than I do. Well, I, I mean, I can check. remember the boat and the hotel. Yeah, nearly <laughs> either one. Ah, right.
1: Towards there, I think that's where the the kind of final parts are heading towards that way
2: ah because we were definitely down there for the duration and uh and i i i became very friendly with um murray murray watson whose daughter i then went on to work with actually strangely mm. enough um and uh He was such a gentleman and so charming. We used to have very sort of civilised dinners together at the end of the day, if it wasn't a night shoot.
1: So you make it sound as if there were a fair few days of filming for that one.
2: Yeah, I think I I was down there for about a week and then there was a, I had to stay after everybody else had left to do... um, (laughs) Some pickup shots. I mean, I I feel I can't be too indiscreet as to what ha- actually happened, but suffice it to say, it wasn't um it wasn't an easy ride.
1: That particular part of the process, or the whole thing.
2: The whole thing, the whole job.
1: So from the beginning, you mean you kind of went in and felt uncomfortable?
2: Um, there are things that happened that uh, wouldn't happen now after Me Too, mm-hmm. and. Um, that wouldn't have happened now because I would have known how to deal with it better. I mean, I stood up for myself then, which was part of the problem actually, uh, which is why I ended up having to film a load of scenes on my own at the end of it all because of uh, someone not wanting to be there for the reverses and all the rest of it. Um, And rather than cause a fight that that's what they decided to do. Um, So yeah, that was, that was hard. But the crew um, were immensely aware of what I was trying to deal with and uh, very, very supportive. And, I mean, I had a lot of laughs and so on. Ray was absolutely a darling um, and um, also uh, stepped in. Um, So, yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, as I say, I can't really go into um but um I mean it was great to be in something as iconic as that as I say I I um I had massive respect for George I didn't really know him very well because he was um he was old by then of course and so on but he was incredibly courteous and professional and so on and I absolutely adored Morrie um who I you know would bump into over the years um and uh yeah, uh, but I mean, I, as I say, I stood up for myself and um, dr- drew a line very firmly in the sand, as it were, um, and had to kind of stick to my guns on that, but it was hard because I was li- I was young. I think it, ca- it, it came from, that was a very kind of um, matey boys show and it came from a culture, this is the 80s, when things were different. And as I say, you wouldn't get away with half of, now you just wouldn't it wouldn't you know it wouldn't be allowed or it would be much more covert it was so sort of avert that that you thought I mean god is this how is this how this works and and I hadn't done that much television either at that point you know um but anyway I I live to tell the tale and I'm very glad to hear that the episode is is good and and as I say this is a very very long time ago and it's not like i I carry the wounds. I mean, I learned some valuable lessons on that. And and I survived it and it was fine. Um, Nobody really got hurt. And, uh, you know, we were all stuck in a hotel. I was pretty much the only woman that, you know, there would be like makeup people and so on, but it was a very kind of male um, environment. I mean, it was that kind of a show, you know, Mm. and I'd... I was a huge fan of the show and I was a huge, huge fan of George Coles in particular. And so I was absolutely thrilled to work with him. And I did get to talk to him because I shared a car with him a couple of times going down to the, to the boat and so on. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, um, it's part of a kind of an actress's life, I suppose, you know, you learn how to, um how to deal with that aspect of the industry, which is in in an industry where it's more prevalent than it's going to be in most industries. It exists in all industries. But, you know, the very nature of show business and you're that week's, you know, as I was told, you're the bird of the week. (laughs) 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 Sort of felt like a kind of stuffed turkey, but... (laughs) voting for christmas at that point but you know <laughs> um so um yeah
3: who on earth are you so have a
0: look it's catching birds right? oh, don't worry it's only half don't only half of me give us a hand come on you oh, it. penny half a, half a penny oh nice to meet you, my dear
3: are you all right i'm afraid boats can be difficult for the older person <laughs>
1: I do hope you enjoyed Time with the Wonderful Penny, better known as Sarah Berger. Come back for part two in a few weeks' time, when Sarah discusses more about Goodbye Sailor, as well as a lot more about her career, and in particular George Cole, Peter O'Toole, and the inimitable Royce Mills. Sarah also talks about some of the other amazing productions she has been a part of, in particular lessons she learned alongside the incredible Albert Finney in The Green Man. Incidentally, Nicky Henson also appeared in that intriguing three-part series from 1990. You may recall he played George Wilson in only the second episode of Minder, Bury My Half at Wolfen Green. And who could forget his appearance as Mr. Johnson in Faulty Towers? Sarah told me off-air that she adored Nicky Henson, who she describes as kind, sweet and a gentleman. The whole job appearing in The Green Man was pretty extraordinary, she says. In the meantime, head over to the Minder Podcast site or send an email to Winchester Club at minderpodcast.co.uk. And if you want to see for yourself just how 1984 does not seem so long ago where Sarah is concerned, visit the So and So Arts Club website for a special video message from her. The website is www.thesoandsoartsclub.com. Thanks for listening.